0: This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and uh, Pierre Novella. You can text the show on eight twelve fifteen. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Like we used to follow the. Uh, We used to have those like parade carnivals through our town, and we all used to follow one at the end, the kids. And then email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I forgot all about that. (laughs) What were they parading? They're just people dressed up and they're on floats and stuff. But at the end, you just. Was it like
1: Pride or something?
0: No. Oh. This was, we're talking about the 60s and 70s when (laughs) I think it was still illegal to be gay. I'm not sure. But uh, those were terrible days. But um, Not no in people. My house. <laughs> it would be people like um, somebody who ran the the butchers would have a van in it with a with like a man on the back holding sausages, and there'd be people in papier mache heads and costumes. But at the end, the kids we would just walk behind it in our normal clothes, representing ordinary people.
1: <laughs> oh, I think I know what you mean. It was almost local businesses. I've got a vague. I might have seen it on a TV thing where it was sort of a travel agent. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, but it's like a was travel a agent working a class through the oh, ages documentary? <laughs> was visit West Visit West Brom?
1: <laughs> the one time we Plenty were allowed to watch ITV.
0: And so we say farewell to the people of the West Midlands.
1: <laughs> no, but they were on deck chairs advertising parade.
0: a travel agent
1: or
0: something. <laughs> I don't think there was a travel agent. <laughs> As, as I said, I only knew one person who'd been abroad, and yes. he'd been to Tripoli during the uh, And was he the, the same army?
1: Pers- one person you knew who had a car? Yes.
2: Yeah. Fabulous. The adventurer of the street. <laughs> he was, <laughs> a troubadour. <laughs> sort of Bond figure. Yes. For community leader, it's between him and the butcher.
0: I went, uh, yeah... <laughs> um, The the butcher really looked like if you wanted to do like a barrel cook painting of a butcher, big, red-faced, round-faced man who looked like he had a lot of meat. Yeah. Sort of like when he was dressing a carcass, might just take a bit of fat off and eat it raw. Unthinkingly. (laughs) So, um... Frank, when
1: do you think the last time a dog genuinely stole sausages from the butcher?
0: In a string. Well, we had a dog that used to... (laughs) The butcher said to me... This was a different butcher um, at the other end of the road. And he said to me, I'm getting fed up with your dog. It stands outside my shop and barks. It was it Shep? Uh, no, this was tiny. Mm. And he said, um, I, uh, I'll have to give it a bone to get rid of it. He said, you want to you feed it? And I thought, oh, you have to feed him yourself. <laughs> that was like a community activity <laughs> and um years later i met a, a woman who said a dog's actually um i my dogs are vegetarian and dogs actually if you feed them a vegetarian diet they you know that you realize that that they love that that's very natural it's much better for them and i told her this story and i said at no point did that dog bark outside the green grocer. <laughs> <laughs> that was my evidence.
2: Did she really say my dogs are vegetarian? Yeah. I don't think the dogs know that they're vegetarian. No, well, she didn't say he, it knew. No, but it's, it's a bit
1: like saying, yeah, <laughs> saying my, my dogs, dogs are, are anti-war. My dogs are Backstreet Boys man <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> You know. No, but
0: then it, the dog would know. <laughs> but if you, it's like saying of, an, of a fellow human being, he's an idiot. He doesn't know. <laughs> doesn't make it any less true. <laughs> By the way, in, uh, uh, because Emil was in the studio before us, we sat, uh, we had to sit in the absolute boardroom. Yes. Where the uh, smoking our cigars, we should have been smoking well, you speak cigars. speak for yourself, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> so there was like it's it's very flash, and it's obviously it's where the execs, uh, absolute, sit around and, make, and and bear and make big decisions. And That's I said, true. what I would love most, love to know, and we can't really have this as a text in unless there's any executives listen. I'd love to know the best thing ever said about me in that room and the worst thing ever said about me in that room. <laughs> <laughs> that would, Oh can you, man can you start with the worst I yeah. think I'd have um, what do you think it is I'd put the best I'd put that on the front of a t-shirt and the worst on the back so yeah. people see me coming and say oh man it must be great to have things to say you know Shelby's so wonderful it's just praise after, and as you walk off they go oh no I don't think I could live without <laughs> just you know light, light and dark Just FYI,
1: hmm. I think you're on Sunday Brunch tomorrow.
0: Uh, that is correct. <laughs>
1: OK, uh. good. We've had a lot of people very excited to hear this news. Did you know this?
0: <laughs> if I was Arthur Darville, I would, I'd pull out because to put me on with a former Doctor Who companion, I'm just going to annoy him. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, you'll recall that last week I ended the show by declaring I was going to march off to the British Film Institute to watch um, all six episodes of the 1970s Doctor Who classic, um, the Sea Devils, mm. it yeah. was fabulous.
1: Okay, it, I think you'd like it.
0: Okay, I think it's a good place to start. John Pertwee. Every time I see John Pertwee, he was he was the. And he was Doctor Who. That sounds like one of the beginning of
1: it. my parents' panic.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he was so fabulously ex-military. You don't get action heroes now who call people old chap. <laughs> Dear. Or if he asks them to do something, he says he ends it with there's a good fellow. <laughs> <laughs> so does Pierre to be fair. Oh man, it's, I, I think Pierre would would like it. it, it sounds up my street. He was famous in at this time it was being made. They I think they were keen on cashing in on the big James Bond craze. Uh. And he was a real kind of fearless bloke, John Pertwee. Mm-hmm. He always wanted to be in speedboats and helicopters hanging from rope ladders, did all his own stunts as one of those people. And he ended <laughs> up in Doctor Who. Yeah, well, this was in Doctor Who. Yeah. He had before that. Did done... they run to speedboats in Doctor Who? Oh, God, yeah. God, that's expensive. He, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he probably knew a bloke, John Pertwee. <laughs> but John Pertwee had done, which I think is probably one of the most scariest things, The Wall of Death. You know when you cycle round and round? Oh, yes, oh, yeah. It's oh, one that. of my
1: greatest fears as a child, that and Lou Reed.
0: Oh, okay. It's, I think but, it's quite valid as a child to say your greatest fear is the wall of death. Uh, yeah. As opposed but, to, you know, the dark. But when John Pertwee, he, he was in a circus and he did the wall of death because he was, I say he was fearless, but uh, because he was John Pertwee, he had to have a spin on it. So he had a sidecar, you know, the old motorboat
3: concert. I the what
0: So he had one of those with a lion in it. <laughs>
1: Jeopardy,
0: oh, all right. right? <laughs> How much jeopardy exactly does a bloke need? You could do a could have a lion in it, old chap. There's a good fellow. Give me a lion. There's a good fellow. Oh, brilliant! What a guy. Oh, okay. I li- I really like
2: any sort of. Dangerous artificial situation where the danger comes from fundamentally misunderstanding animal behaviour. You sort of think, well, the lion at some point will probably
0: lash out blindly. I imagine. <laughs> well, the lion presumably would be. They're not beyond fear, are they? Wouldn't a fr- wouldn't a lion be frightened in a in a sidecar going around a wall of dead? Well,
1: I hate. Say, I worry that maybe darts were used or something. They might have. Do you know what I mean?
2: It's a bit of sedation. Mm, yeah,
1: I think there might have
0: been. Uh, I think there was. Uh, I don't want to go into details, but I think there might have been a bit of dental um work. Oh, very old school. Yeah. Oh, did they yeah. have him
1: teeth done?
0: Um, Invis- uh, yeah. Invisalign. Yeah.
1: Can animals Invisalign? get dental like veneers and things? Asking oh, for I've a friend. Never, I've
0: never heard of that happening, but I would be stunned if it does not happen, wait for it, in America.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because everything happens. In America, and yeah. especially pets-wise.
1: Why I shouldn't? I mean, I think it's a great idea. Imagine if I got Ray a lovely new set of teeth. Back. Why don't you get like him a TV set of White
0: human teeth? teeth? Yes. <laughs> Can really smile, so people <laughs> don't expect it, and then <laughs> suddenly, outcome like human, terrifying, out of context human <laughs> teeth. Really, sort of beautiful, sort of Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, you nice want proper Bon Jovi ones that yeah, don't really look a bit like teeth. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I, I bet you it's available. We'll get three links to places <laughs> you can get it done. Skinner
3: on Absolute Radio.
1: We've had some fabulous pictures, can I say of animals with uh, dogs with dentures. so I, thank you, particularly Bilbo Bakewell, one of my regulars. okay. who has an in- one Grecian goal, he calls himself, um, who has sent has been saying um, he sent us a nice uh, picture. So thank you for
0: those. We should maybe put a couple up.
1: Ultramagnus <laughs> has a great dog steal sports teeth. Anyway. I hope these
0: haven't been imposed on these animals against their will these false teeth
2: out of a desperate desire to be praised by us well just generally, generally to be on the internet in the past I find that dogs will like would sort of like to carry any, almost anything around in their mouths don't they yeah I think the problem with dogs is stopping them from doing it as opposed to making them
0: hmm maybe I'll have, to, I'll have to think I haven't had a dog very long recently so I haven't really <laughs> I haven't learnt their um, ins and outs properly Well, mm. I'll think about that Thank you very much. What
1: else happened in this? Oh, yeah. What about this?
0: Last Saturday, here was my day. I did the radio show, this radio show. Then I saw all six episodes of The Sea Devils of the BFI. And then I went to Das Rheingold, Wagner's Opera, um, with my my friend Baroness Bakewell. And I tell you what, I, I think it's probably one of the most enjoyable opera experiences I've had. It was great. Uh, it's at the eno which i must say is a somewhere i go a lot and uh i don't want to get all gary Lineker about it but they've taken away their funding which is a terrible mistake it's a really brilliant place and not posh and up itself like some opera places not that far away and uh, they what another thing i loved about it they didn't have an interval Oh, really? which um i love and not in mood. well i had years when i had periods in my life when i was desperately lonely and i would go to things on my own i hated intervals you have to sit there like someone out of an edward hopper painting on your own <laughs> reading a program you're not interested in while the people cavorted in the bar
1: and now you can stand with someone, both looking at your phone. I yeah, find. it's much better.
0: <laughs> I was—I went to see Paul McKenna doing his um, live hypnosis show. Do you remember Paul McKenna? I do. Yeah. As in stop smoking with. Yes. And um, I was in the bar at the interval. I had this. I had a friend on this occasion, and um, and a man came into the bar and started going and he was someone who Paul McKettner had hypnotised into thinking he was a chicken earlier in the show and he was still the he was he wondering was <laughs> sadly the colonel had already passed um, uh, and uh, he, um, he came in and like, um, screeched and strutted a little in the bar and then left and uh, I thought, will he be down, will he Will he close this down, this hypnosis, or will he, will he go home like that, this you, bloke? You don't want to leave any threads dangling as a hypnotist, No, exactly. You? Well, like,
1: exactly, I do want reassur- reassurances about the aftercare policy. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yes. Anyway, I found out later he'd been torn apart by urban foxes <laughs> on his way home. <laughs> No, but it was a it was a bizarre. (laughs) Anyway, what's the what is the strangest thing that's ever happened to you in an interval, intermission, or halftime break? I'd love to know. Eight, twelve, fifteen. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, um, yes, so yeah, I would recommend uh, Das Rheingold if you want to go and see that. It's modern version, a lot of tracksuits. Absolute Radio. Recommended well, Death you know I, know. I think we got some pretty. Um, I think uh, lots of different people like lots of different things. Well, I that's do. I'm just I not.
1: I'm just not a, something here today. That's, that's what
0: I love about it, and, and also it's got it's 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 got sort of a vers- German version of Odin and Thor and Loki. So it's kind of like Marvel. Uh, oh, here we go. Valhalla. She's mm. in it.
1: <laughs> what I love about uh, Baroness Beckett is everything. Mm.
3: Me
0: too. Um,
1: But if I was Joan, I feel like I'm allowed to call her that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would go with the Baroness as a signature in a Sound of Music reference.
0: Well, she's a little bit sensitive about it because I remember getting a phone call from a hotel receptionist saying I have a message from the Baroness that she'll see you at eight (gasps) o'clock and I thought this really is like being James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just put my gold cough leaks. She keeps it real though, JB.
2: How long is that without an interval?
0: Oh, it was uh, two and three quarter hours. Oh. Oh, See, that's right. 6.30 till 9.15. That's quite a shift. shift. Yeah.
2: How did you know when to... (laughs) Select the time to you, go to the loo. You didn't want to miss any track suited Odins.
0: No, no, you wouldn't walk out in the midst of it. No. You couldn't do it, you were engrossed. <laughs> Um, no, I've, I was okay. You're, you're thinking two old people at the opera. That's what you're thinking. I'm of. thinking me at the opera. No, no, it's two three quarter hours. Well, us you're us talking far. about just things. missing an interval is so brilliant. Well, I'm happy. T- I'd rather wet myself. Talking about things
1: that have happened during the interval. <laughs> 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 your
0: pardon. Uh, for intervals, what? They're only there to make money, aren't they? Generally yeah. speaking.
1: Yeah. I sl- I don't like the interval. They add nothing. <laughs> 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 you sound like. That man who said at a dinner party to when my parents were present, to a a woman who was present, a man said at the end of the evening to her, You have contributed nothing (laughs) to this evening. You have drunk our wine, you've listened to our stories, and yet you contribute nothing.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, I have this argument quite often.
1: (laughs) He reminded me of you, (laughs) which is why I loved him. Four, five, nine. Four, five, nine. Interval Tales. I went to Grimsby away. Okay. Following Ipswich back in the early 2000s. Mm. They bungeed someone at halftime.
0: From the stand.
1: That was their halftime
0: entertainment. Wow.
1: That's uh, Dan Walker from Haverhill.
0: Dan Walker? (laughs) He's never been to a football match, he oh, has. Poor Dan. He's a <laughs> lovely
1: man. Um, he's got the same dog as you, Frank. Has, has he really? Yeah, same type. Literally
0: the What's same dog. What, my dog's living a sort of double <laughs> life, like those blokes in the 60s who had two families who didn't know about each other. Constant business trips your dog's <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. on.
1: <laughs> it, it looked very similar. And 319, the strangest thing that's happened to me in an intermission was being charged £14 for two tubs of ice cream at the waterside in Ells
0: <laughs> and then how I like big this- were the tops of ice? They industrial.
1: Bit pen and Jones. I like this payoff. At least Jesse James had a gun.
0: Wow, that oh. is a, that's what he's used before and will use it's again. A bit- yes.
2: Yeah.
0: The the there's handprints worn into the sides of that bit pen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least Jesse James had a gun. <laughs> Fantastic. Um. And true, yeah, of course. That's an all comedy's truth, as, as we know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: isn't it? You know, we're looking at me shaking your like, No, it isn't. Shut up,
3: Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio.
1: Frank, we've been receiving from our loyal readers, mm-hmm. correspondence regarding intervals. Oh, good. Reflector.
0: With a K, which strikes oh, me as a little might. bit craft work and a bit you. Oh, I, that, that sounds to me like he might be a rap artist.
2: Reflector.
0: I would have gone for comic book villain. Reflector. Oh, yes. With a K. Mm. Oh, maybe, you're right, yeah.
1: He sounds a bit Comic-Con. He'd be a yeah. nice friend for you, Frank. Well. You can watch the eight episodes of the John Pertwee thing together. Uh, I went to see Tom Jones while in Vegas. Oh, yeah. My mate went to the toilet during the gig and was some time. We asked him where he'd been and he said i put a hundred pounds on black and it was red so i put 200 pounds on red and it was black expensive gig
0: wow that was that was the interval oh god he's quite he doesn't he doesn't mess about reflectors mate i wonder if he was a fan of ant and dicks red <laughs> or black that that moment when the people of television Revealed how they view the audience. <laughs> what about a game show where you had to decide if it's going to be red or why not just have coin tossing yeah. as a game show? The, I don't mind th- them saying, look, it's just going to be a
2: simple game of chance and there'll be money at stake. But mm. it's when they chat to the contestants as though there's some sort of art, or
0: yeah, like that. Um, yeah. What, what was that deal or no deal? Yeah, when you you made really big. Um, how, how are you viewing this suitcase that no one knows what's inside it? How are you? As, yeah, well, um, the way I see it is yeah. no, 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 just say oh, yeah. But right, also,
1: I, as you may remember, Frank, I d- I was a box opener on Deal or No Deal once. Oh yes, and um, for a charity edition, and I, what I like is that uh, Noel Edmonds. He would have speak to you as a box opener about your approach to the game. Yeah. <laughs> and as if you had any impact on what lay inside the random box
0: you'd been given. No, it was a very... and are you we all, feeling? It was a bit like when I used to watch wrestling as a kid. It was the willing suspension <laughs> of disbelief. We all said, look, we know this is, you know, this is fake, but we, we we believe it. Well, it's like watching a game show
2: from a sort of time before maths, a sort of pagan, superstitious... <laughs> Perhaps the box will favour me for this. <laughs> if Neptune smiles
0: on me.
1: The runes uh, are yeah. in my favour. Yes. Uh, and look, Frank, a metal bird in sky. But you see,
0: I would watch that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pagan deal or no deal.
1: Watch it, you'd present it. Uh,
0: Belial no. or no Belial. Anyway, carry on.
1: night Soul. I went to a game in the 70s with a guy, and before kickoff, he said he was going for a snack. I said, well, I don't know if they're open yet. He came back with a chicken pie. Mm. He was crunching away at it. I said, is it hot? He said, it's still frozen inside, but look, I'm starving. Right. That's the end of the oh, story. OK. That was his interval incident. Is that...
0: Would that be dangerous? I've often wondered about... Absolutely. Uh, it would, would it? If it's been cooked
2: and then but, frozen But then, what in theory you'd be okay
1: what wasn't dangerous about going to football matches in the 70s well that's true that was <laughs> name fun.
0: one thing it might make you a bit devil mate. Yeah. you're taking man.
1: your life in your hands just sitting down i
0: could <laughs> tell you some terrible stories about away games i'm glad that stopped i'm hoping it stopped anyway okay um Yes, let's all celebrate the fact Can that I, uh, it's not as scary as it used to be.
1: Briefly, before we go to half time, mm. uh, Ruth Jordan, weirdest of thing, course, of weirdest course, weirdest thing I've ever witnessed at half time. Santa Claus plummeting <laughs> to earth after an accident whilst parachuting into Villa Park about 20 years ago. The crowd weren't sure if it was real till the man on the PA system said, "Nobody panic."
0: Yes, I think I remember that. I think he hit the stand or something. Yeah. Not, as she says, not very festive. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, true. Yeah, right, well, if you're listening, mate, I hope, you, hope you're all right. No,
1: can do, we,
0: do we, Are we broadcasting Lapland? <laughs> I peeped on a, on on a, a, a pointless game we were playing at home as countries beginning with L mm. and was told it doesn't exist. Oh, mm. well, doesn't it?
1: Is it made yeah. up? Well,
0: it's is not it? a country, yeah. Well. Mm. Oh. Terrible news. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.
1: I just want to share something with you, Frank. Go on. Well... It's regarding a visit you made to Comic Con.
0: Oh, yes. As
1: I like to pronounce it. (laughs) Yes. Comic Con is a thing Frank likes. It's about superheroes. I would say loves. Okay. 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 Do you like that more than John Pertwee in a leather cape
0: or whatever well they're different experiences but they they attract my brothers and sisters in um, what one might call the nerd fraternity and it's a very safe place place I feel warm and embraced it's hard to be shunned at Comic Con
2: that's quite yeah, rude, you've got Claire. to really put your back
0: into it. Yeah, that's
1: quite rude. <laughs> it's
0: hard to be shunned. <laughs> it's
1: quite—it's quite a backhanded compliment. Oh, no.
0: it, it wouldn't be a bad uh, wouldn't be a bad slogan. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be shunned at uh, <laughs> like, Comic Con. Uh, it's a nice yeah.
1: take on the sort of hard rock, love all, serve
0: hall. all. Well, it's um, yeah, it's brilliant. I, Even so, Frank. So this was was this last Sunday's at I Olympia. So.
1: This is from Mark Wixon. Okay, who I think would be quite a nice friend for you. But let's see how we get on. Hi, Frank, Emily, Pierre and team. Lovely, inclusive team. Mm. See? You know what we're dealing with with Mark Wixon. Long-term listener of, and then there's some praise about our show, which I obviously won't share. Fabulous. Whilst wandering around London Film and Comic-Con on Sunday, with two friends, David and Steph, David was dressed as Batman.
0: Oh, Yes! I well, remember say, oh, this yes. group I mean, now. I'm sure there was more than one. <laughs> I was right. going to say, Batman, of course. So no, oh, you were the one. No, <laughs> no, I remember this. He was dressed as Batman, but he hadn't shaved. And oh, it was oh, like, oh, Batman oh. is Batman. You know the bits in the film Batman's when Batman... Batman's wife had moved out. You know when he goes, on yeah, sleeping on the sofa. <laughs> when Batman goes through a bad patch in a film. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad patch, Batman. And he was yes. looked at, you know... Uh, Bearded. I felt I didn't get close enough, but I would guess you could smell the drink on him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe a whiskey stain on the pat on the Lurex uh,
0: suit. No, yeah. So maybe it, it
1: needs a bit of a wash. Yeah. You know what so I mean. So I
0: remember Bad Patch Batman. Well, yeah.
1: Steph pointed urgently towards someone in the crowd. I couldn't see who they were looking for at first, and then right there, looking at the stalls, was one Frank Skinner. Alongside, may I say, show legend Buzz.
0: Right, Buzz is my child.
1: Show legend. Legend! (laughs) I'm a huge fan of the show and Frank's comedy,
0: so I asked him for a photo. As if the two are not in any way connected. (laughs) I like the show and when Frank's funny.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A devastating retort from Bad Patch Batman.
1: And let's B-B-B. hear. Let's yeah. hear Bad Patch Batman out. Actually, and also, David is Bad Patch Batman. Okay. Mark, was he?
0: Hold it! Oh. Don't don't expose <laughs> his secret identity. Oh, for God's <laughs> yeah. sake. oh no! No, assuming... his family will be in danger. <laughs> <laughs> retribution and we reveal this address yeah you know, what's Aunt Harriet going to say I wondered why you two boys were racing off not having your lunch go on <laughs> anyway uh,
1: Frank very kindly obliged it meant a lot that he what took was it a photo yeah it yeah. meant a lot that he took a moment on a day off to do it now the thing I wanted day off this is the time of his life now the thing I wanted to ask my Batman cosplaying friend aka
0: Batman Batman
1: was stopped by 56 people to pose for a photo
0: wow it was a very good suit it was the heavy i mean i favor the sort of uh 60s mm. blue trunks the Massive bat. gray top yeah the the utility belt and i like the yellow oval with the bat in the middle yeah. but you know i'm an i'm an old man <laughs> commander
1: did frank beat the amount of people that asked Bad Patch Batman for hmm. a photo which is 56 of course Frank was trying to have a quiet day not dressed as a comic book superhero and I hope it wasn't too awful for a gaggle of sci-fi nerds like us to say hello constantly
0: well no I it, like listen, to say there's more oh sorry, sorry it sorry. would
1: be fair to say of all the celebrities I've met at comic cons and paid to meet I might add meeting Frank was right up there with the best of them just says right up there yes just so, you know. <laughs> I'm
0: settled
1: for that I hope You had a great time, Frank, even with the interruption from us. Keep up the fantastic work. That's Mark Wixon, P.S. As Frank is such a fan of goths, he's more than welcome to come along to Intrusion, the goth event I run in Oxford.
0: Wow. Is it too late for me to become a goth? It's never too late, is it? No, but you never see old, really old goths, do you? No. Are there I any think old it's goths? we can't we can't discuss death so lightly as the youngsters. <laughs> what <do. laughs> to
1: goths when they get older?
0: Well, I think you know it gives me an excuse to dye my hair legitimately um, and to let those fingernails go black and leave them like that. <laughs> I, what about if I became a full-on goth and I yeah. came in the old I love that? Oh well, I, you know if I was going to choose a teenage subculture, that would be the one I would go mm. for. Love him. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We were talking, Frank. We were talking about the love between... Come on, everybody. Between us all.
1: We were talking about, Frank... <laughs> Do you have in your yes. hands a piece What was we paper? talking about? We were talking about, uh, well, you specifically... Me becoming a
0: goth. Yeah.
1: Well, you were talking about whether it was possible to embrace it mm. at a later stage of life. And Simon of Sudbury, who's one mm. of our regulars, he's a sort of medieval chap that we know.
3: Yeah.
1: 597, hi, Frank, Emily and Pierre. Dracula was a really old goth. That's If he can pull it off, yeah, I'm but sure he, you can, Frank.
0: He began early. Yeah. Did he? Yes.
1: Did he get into it early? I don't think... Was he always a goth Dracula? Yeah.
0: Uh, yes. I don't think if you met Dracula in his 20s, he'd be in a sweatshirt and chinos. I think that was <laughs> his... Preppy, preppy Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know,
1: I would have been into him then. Really? He lost me at the goth. The,
2: the, the I wrote...
1: Can
0: I tell yeah, you what? I, I liked him when he was a bit more Winklevii twins. <laughs> I wrote a, a sitcom Google pilot it. for the BBC... About a goth football manager, which was my intention was to play the part. Are you? Did you really? Yeah. And it was called Just Managing, and it was uh, about uh, a bloke who'd been a player and then gone into uh, uh, was in reduced circumstances. Yeah. And uh, the 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 plot was that they had a woman manager who was brilliant but they didn't think the fans would accept a woman manager. So they were like, co- they're going to co-match. So they got the old goth there. And I did like post-match interviews where I would um, say goth things. Right, And yeah. stuff. It was sort of incredibly downbeat. Anyway, it was rejected not only by the BBC, but every broadcaster in <laughs> Britain. <laughs> I wrote the whole script and everything. Um, yeah, they didn't like the goth football manager. So maybe that's put me off the idea of becoming a goth, senior goth.
1: Frank, I would love to hear a show just called, Frank Skinner, Things People Didn't Like of Mine.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a
1: regular feature on this it show. It have to be
0: open-ended show, like after dark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, act- I'd completely forgotten about that until we talked about goths. <laughs> and now I remember it.
2: Have you, have you dreamt of Dracula since your last? Uh, no. Mind your own business? No. I told you, uh, preppy Dracula's (laughs) my thing. I I don't... I haven't dreamt of him since... I love that. This, it, you couldn't have made me
0: more surprised at your own imagination if you'd been dreaming about being chased by a mummy with outstretched arms. Yes, I was saying that I was slightly ashamed of the fact that I had a nightmare that had Dracula <laughs> in it, that I thought I was better than that.
1: Frank, yeah. is Dracula... It occurred to
0: me if I had a saucy dream who would be at the top of the stairs in the old house, Sam Fox, she'd be waiting there for me.
1: Frank, is Dracula, is he big in your community? You know the sort of Comic Con people. Were no, you, they not really. What would happen if you if I turned up as Dracula?
0: No, that's, a Halloween. You, that's a Halloween thing. Oh, I've is nev- that different? I've never seen a Dracula.
1: Do your people not like Halloween? Um oh, it's well, no, not their... I, no, I it's think, not their you culture. Know,
0: you would get, like, a Freddy Krueger, but I've never seen a Dracula there. Okay. It was a, an incredible... There was a David Tennant, so realistic, I thought it was David Tennant. Really? So, really top end.
1: Um, and quickly, Nikki would just like to add to the interval incidents... Oh, yeah. Bank of anecdotes. Watching David Baddiel's show with my husband, who has a passing resemblance to the man himself, a woman suddenly grasped his arm and said, you are wonderful. (laughs) I presume she thought it was the norm that he just came out to chug a pint with his audience during the (laughs) interval. Yeah. So that's Nikki's husband.
0: Let's hope, Nikki that that is the background (laughs) to a woman grabbing your husband's arm and saying you are wonderful. Um, I was we were mid you'd asked me if uh, Bad Patch Batman did uh, 56 photos yeah Yeah. at Comic Con
1: and so uh, I find that an
0: interesting statistic does Bad Patch Batman even though things are going wrong for him um, he's crashed the Batmobile fallen out with Alfred the Butler and been getting drunk yeah he's still got one of those clickers that they used to use at Church fights to say how many people have gone in. How does he know 56 people? It's very specific. Mm.
1: I'd count, if it happened to me, to be fair.
0: Oh, well, I didn't. I because mean... it's a
1: rare occurrence for the likes of us normies. Mm. For you, all in a day's work. Remember when I went to that dog show in Hampstead for you? Yes. With you, I apologise. It kind of was well, for you, for let's be honest. Well. I, you know. yeah. But I counted everyone. Mm. There was one.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell who I met. I met uh, at Comic Con. I met uh, Greedo. Oh, yeah. You know, um, would you like to explain who Greedo is? Please Gre- do. Greedo
2: is the alien from the Cantina Bar who Han Solo has a sort of controversial yeah, meeting a, with.
0: He's a bounty hunter. Yeah. Who. Um, he sounds like trouble. It's interesting about well, you know we talk about nominative determinism, and <laughs> where your name leads you into a line of work. Mm. Greedo, Greedo. <laughs> um, so, you,
2: you couldn't do that now and just have an alien character and go, oh, evilo. <laughs> <laughs> He's to be trusted,
0: I think, evilo. So uh, he works. Yeah, he works for Jabba, mm. uh, the hot. Jabba. And anyway, it's, it's, it's a very controversial scene because they're in the bar, and um, in the original. Uh, Star Wars, Harrison Ford um, shoots Greedo. Mm.
1: Oh Pre-emptively. Dear. Got, I didn't know it was
0: that violent. Yeah, from quite close range as well. And then when uh, George Lucas revisited Star Wars to add a bit of CGI, or whatever he did...
1: Because he got a bit of Greedo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: um, We've all been there, dear. <laughs> he, um, he changed, he had... Um, Greedo shoot first. (laughs) Yeah. And so suddenly, Han Solo shooting in self-defence. Quite a big, big change.
2: A big change. Well, the phrase hand shot first is a big sort of meme
0: among Is that right? Mm. I didn't know that.
1: Well, you should have said that. Say that when you go to the goth night.
0: Hand shot first.
1: Yeah, they all know that.
0: Well, anyway, I met um, Paul Blake, who played Greedo, and Paul Blake, it (laughs) turns out, comes from Oldbury, which is where I come from.
3: (laughs) So
0: really? I, I'm talking to Greedo, saying that oh, I went to Mo Farm. He said, so no, I went to uh, Round's Green School and there. Uh, used to live by the Queen's Head. I'm, oh, I live by the Queen's Head. We were out, I was having that conversation with, with Greedo. Yao <laughs> shot first hand.
3: What does Greedo uh,
0: do? <laughs> 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 Beautiful accent. I, fair play, I do yours often enough.
1: Yeah.
0: I, uh, what, I'm just going to read what he wrote on my... Uh, uh, Can you just quickly photograph. tell
1: me to give me an idea? Just what colour is, Gre- is Greedo? I have blue a picture. Okay.
0: I have a picture on my phone, which is of Greedo, which is signed Frank. He is too old, brie. <laughs> Greedo. <laughs> I'll put it on our uh, social media. And you'll you'll see what he uh, what he looks like. We were just talking about um, last weekend's Comic-Con.
1: And you, uh, you and your mate Greedo.
0: Me and Greedo. <laughs> and Star Wars Having Pop. a chat. We really were two old blokes talking about the old days. In my head, you're
2: sort of leaning on a bar with him, but he is the alien. He's not a person. <laughs> I wish yeah. he had been, yeah.
0: but no, he wasn't, he wasn't done up. So Albury um, is a small place in the West Midlands. Um, in Sandwell. Is it near where you're from? It's where I'm from. It's basically where I lived. I was born in West Bromwich, but I lived in Oldbury. And uh, Oldbury is also the home of Alan Arlberg, the children's writer, and Jack Judge, the man who wrote It's a Long Way to Tipperary. Oh, okay. So for a little place, it's like Stella Street. Um, if you get that reference, that was about a sort of sitcom about a place where all the celebrities lived. Um, I now uh, we just call it Frank's Road. And then I met um, <laughs> Julian Glover. Was there?
1: I see the cares one.
0: Julian, no, that's Brian. No, no, oh, that's Charles Brian Glover Julian Glover. Again. Julian Glover um, he, well, he was. Um, he's been many things. He was in Star Wars as well. And he was in Game of Thrones. He's been in low. I saw him years ago at the Midlands Arts Centre doing uh, Beowulf, just a one-man show. Mm. Fantastic. So I went over and had a chat to him, and he he was in Doctor Who. He was in two uh, episodes of Doctor Who. Darling,
1: once you get to a certain age...
0: Yes, but there was a picture of him with Billy Hartnell, the original Doctor, who I love... And, uh, um, and um, Julian Glover played um, Richard the Lionheart in uh, Crusade. That was the story. Mm. So I said, oh, man, I've got to have that. That's a great picture. And he said, uh, yes, I didn't get on with him. <laughs> he said he had a class thing going on. He said I was on there with Gene Marsh. We were classically trained actors. He was very threatened by us. I would hear him sniggering with the crew. I thought, oh, God, <laughs> just sign it. You're breaking my heart. Anyways, he signed this Richard the Lion out, um, thing and fabulously put uh, to Frank Julian Glover. And then he wrote, you know the people write their character names so that you know who you are. Oh, yeah. He wrote uh, uh, Richard uh, Lyon. Yeah, which I love gosh and then uh, Boz was particularly Mate, you're in
1: regional sci-fi
0: <laughs> he was particularly excited he's, he's massive Julian Glover yeah. to be fair he's
1: massive but I just <laughs> to Leo. Uh,
0: and then um, Boz was particularly excited because Julian Glover was the vice of Aragog the giant spider Yes. In, um, in Harry Potter. So he had pictures of Aragog to be signed. And uh, he shook his hand. Yeah. And um, J- Julian, if I may call him that, I've only met him once, gave Boz a sort of impromptu handshake in tutorial. No, no, no. You must take a firm grip. Look me in the eye when you shake my hand. <laughs> your dad, when I shook your dad's hand, it was a firm grip. And you must say, this is me. You need to remember me. And Buzz is, t- is dead, going, oh, I'm um, right. And he showed him this uh, thing. It was really fantastic. Like, Look, mate, I just like that you were a big spider. <laughs> he- Buzz,
1: oh, welcome but it- to my childhood. But to be
0: fair, he, exact- yeah. <laughs> For it's fair of him, he signed it, you know, Ara, uh, Julia, and then Aragon. And then he yeah. drew a spider, which is pretty good, That's pretty good. impressive. But um, just one last thing is that we were, we had lunch in the green room at Comic-Con. And, you know, you sit in there and uh, Sylvester McCoy and Colin Baker on the next table and was well, very exciting. And suddenly a big row broke out and I oh. thought, oh, my God. And I realised it wasn't a row. It was a, a Brian Blessed anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... This thing you've ever, and I said, "Oh God!" And it was really did feel like someone was being attacked. Oh my God, I nearly, I nearly choked. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio,
1: Absolute Radio. We have been talking about all sorts of things this morning. Mm. Um, we've got some hot takes in on. Inter- things that happen in intervals lions you've been talking about lions oh, wh- what's
0: the lion uh, well
1: Robbie
0: lion J- lion news. Robbie JD yeah
1: has said hi Frank and the other two interesting start hmm. not all lions are vicious
0: Lenny the lion was lovely Lenny the lion um, I know a man who he was the accompanist of uh, Lenny the lion Lenny and the lion you're looking at me puzzled Um. it It's a special moment. Something Pierre doesn't know. Um, Ring the bell. We need something
1: for that, Frank. That needs an alarm. And
0: something with an African thing as well. I mean, this is really (laughs) South African man doesn't know all the lion news. Yeah, Um, Lenny the lion was a a ventriloquist act. Um, Uh. Was it Terry Rogers, I believe, who operated Lenny? Sounds right. And uh, he had Pretty a terrible. sort of a voice like that, the, the lion. The lion. I Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, very on like <laughs> No this, element this, of this raw. Is, this, is, this is no cur, no. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> if Richard the Lionheart talked like that, no wonder they took so long <laughs> to get him back. I'm not
1: going into <laughs> any battle. i tell you what I would describe him as. Right? I it, can, I just say,
0: can I just say how it, how it was done as well? is that um, there was um, one, one hand in the mouth right, and then the other hand went in straight into the port till it became a glove, so it's like a human hand and he would use <laughs> that to, to gesture. Sort of one big lion hand gesturing and the rest... It, but a human hand, like a yeah. human hand on the end of the lion's
2: leg... And the other gesturing. Were there were there four other legs just sort of hanging there?
0: Three other legs. They have four uh, legs. Three other legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He
1: was a bit. How can I put? This? He was a bit bad patch man, Lenny. Was Lenny there an the element lion. of? Yeah. He's in better days. He
0: looked to me like he might have been born in captivity. He hadn't lived. <laughs> he hadn't lived the mean streets <laughs> life that some lions have to. Uh, yeah, my so lion's well. a vegetarian. Yeah. That's. I, I wish. though, Terry a Rogers. And did Lenny. he have
1: a felt pelt?
0: <laughs> I'm mm. sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I'd like to have seen him in the sidecar with Pertwee. (laughs) 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 Terrified. All gripping on
2: with the one human hand. Very hard to scream uh, as a ventriloquist
0: via the puppet. But like I say, I know he's former accompanist. He speaks very his... well of Terry and the Lion.
1: <laughs> what was this sort of raison d'être? What made what made him tick,
0: Lenny? Did what, what he what drove this well, lion? I'm just
1: saying. What was his? Did he have main character? Well, I energy? think he
0: found his real purpose in later life. I think Lenny the Lion got involved in, in retirement. L... I think no. <laughs> Retired lion? I think he went uh, a bit Gary Lineker, and after a life of um, you know just enjoying himself, he he, he went into uh, literacy skills. He a
1: national, became a national hero. And became,
0: like. uh, and sort of, um, yeah, and helped children to learn to read and stuff. Oh, I, I, th- I like Lenny. I think that's true. If anyone, uh, if there's a Lenny the Lion historian <laughs> listening to this, I'm, I'm happy to be here. But that's, yeah, I think Lenny um, was a sort of a, a, one of the precursors of a sort of Sesame Street society. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Frank, Mark has a question uh, how about you host an intellectually stimulating open the box game show based on Schrödinger's cat?
0: I've never read Schrödinger's cat. I believe David Bedil started telling me about it once, but um, there's a great irony. I realised that. He was talking and I was thinking about something else. (laughs) Lenny the Lion.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Lenny the Lion. Or Guido. But after
0: this, I'm fairly confident that Pierre Novelli will be able to give me the substance of Schrödinger. Is it a cat he's got? Okay. Frank Skinner on Absolute
3: Radio.
0: Um, Have you been uh, Googling Lenny the Lion to see if I'd made it up? I wanted
2: to see just how horrifying. Because as as a child, I moved here as a child, and I will say South African kids' television was basically just repackaged 80s American kids' television. It's okay. so very animation-heavy. If you were going to see something in real life, it would be a sort of Barney the Dinosaur high-budget situation. Okay. Moving to the UK, I have to say, if you're not used to it, the yeah. Kids' television is absolutely harrowing. Oh, really? Well, these sort of like sort of homemade rag-based creatures, kind of screeching at each other in high voices in <laughs> someone's shed. Yes, it's charming, but it's also initially very off-putting. Mm-hmm. And Lenny the Lion did not let me down. It looks like a sleep paralysis demon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a review! Absolutely, the telegraph horrifying. And did it go into child literacy in later life? I it. Like I should say. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey. um, well, like, yes, well, I think so, yeah, oh. children's
2: reading books. Oh, there you go, yeah. there you oh, go.
1: It's Zoolander, instead of <laughs> <laughs> literacy, children's reading books. Reading books
2: children's as, a, as reading opposed books. to... Uh, tasting books. Oh, okay, well, yeah. It's a
1: bit like a category on bullseye.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think...
1: Children's reading books. I really... I'm, I,
2: I'm staring Lenny the Lion in the face right now, and I think if you were on safari and you saw a lion look like that, it's, it's time to shoot it. I
1: don't like
2: that... <laughs> what? <Wow. laughs> put it its mystery. You know, all right, Jeremy Something Clarkson. very yeah. wrong with this lion. I,
1: can I ask also, do Len, Lenny the Lion, Frank, I think a little bit Cadbury's caramac bunny with the slightly sort of come-hither eyes. I don't yes. like that. I don't I like re- that.
0: I remember... Um, Lenny has been quite camp.
1: Sorry, Frank. But... Yeah. This sounds yeah. like one of those documentaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I remember. <laughs> when I first. Heard... <laughs> <When laughs> oh, sorry, I'm I Lenny. Can you talk
0: a bit why I. You...
2: It's
1: of like, God, <laughs> Of course, when, <laughs> I,
0: when I knew him, it was Leonard the Lion. <laughs>
1: and do you know Lenny? Lord,
0: Lord Lion, as he is now.
1: <laughs> and who can forget? Because whoever worked with Lenny, yeah. we all knew he'd come in and he'd say the same thing and then it would cut to Frank Skinner yeah Doing a vox pop with his anecdote,
0: and then Lenny would yeah. So Lenny said to me, <laughs> "When you shake hands, <laughs> you must take <laughs> no, yeah." Um, <laughs> and he good, i good at shaking hands because he had a human hand. Yeah. Which many lions don't have that advantage. The real privilege. I have, anyway, if Frank. we keep talking about Lenny the lion, yeah. I feel there'll be nobody listening at all. At <laughs> well, end. it's
1: bad news for you because your mother-in-law has texted us. Okay, finally. We have found something she's passionate about. Okay. Well, she's
0: passionate. She's, she's passionate a passionate woman.
1: She's a fab, you know, I'm a biggest fan. But I think we've really hit her spot with this because Sandy Mason. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's texted, her name, by the way. Yeah. She has said, Lenny the lion lived with my Auntie May.
0: Right. Aunt May. So are Wait, we talking about. Parker. Are we yeah.
1: talking about the actor?
0: Is she mixed up with Lenny the Lion and Spider-Man? Is that what's happened? <laughs> Off to confused. Um, well, what does it mean, though? What does it mean, Lenny the Lion? No, um, she means the man who, who... Terry Hall. Is it Terry Hall? I think so, yeah.
1: OK. Um, the, act, the Lenny the Lion actor?
0: Yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> accompanist. What do we the, call uh, him? The hand? Yeah. Um, the hand I of remember Lenny. I was once doing a gig and the Sooty Show was on in the afternoon and I was on in the evening. That sounds like a high point. (laughs) And um, a woman said to me, and I said, "Uh, um, so who do you uh, operate? And she said, I'm Sweep's friend. (laughs) And that was how it was uh, described. Oh, I see. Yeah, you didn't talk about uh, anyone operating anything. Oh, Oh, was it Sweep's friend? Sweep's friend,
1: friend. yeah. Oh, I thought it meant they were maybe... Living, you know, living in sin.
0: It's, it sounds like, it sounds, no. like, it, sounds like the, it sounds
2: like the way they would try and euphemistically describe gay relationships in the Victorian era. No, <laughs> no, he's also, long-term friend.
1: It, it also, yeah, it sounds like when uh, my New Zealand relatives, bless them, quite yeah. coy around discussing relationships where you weren't married. So my aunt, I remember, said to my sister, "Is Ziggy still your best friend?"
0: Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, because we used the phrase of. Uh, my parents would talk about someone living over the broth.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know really what that meant. Frank Skinner. on Absolute Radio. Now this Schrödinger's cat thing, yeah. I, like as you know, I'm not very science-minded. Yeah, <laughs> What, is that wrong? <laughs> well, no, that's right. Is that
1: did you do it right? Yeah, is I say a... Schrö. Is it Schro?
0: a little umlaut on oh. the <laughs> O. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Schrödinger. Yeah, a bit more cabaret. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm not a science person. Can you give it me in very simple layman's terms? Well, you're you're a fan of irony. And there is some
2: irony here because Schrödinger gave the example of his cat in in an effort to criticize quantum theory, not to promote it, but accidentally ended up giving the most famous example of how quantum theory could work. Right, and acc- I've, gone,
0: I've gone already. Okay,
2: I
1: don't so like it. It was the
0: use so, of quantum theory. So basically, I believe
1: David Baddiel's child said when H. M. Steps was performing in... Jersey. I remember. Uh, no, I remember. Lo- what was it, right?
0: <laughs> I think she just said loudly in the theatre, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: basically, there, the, the idea is that um, until you observe a particle, it is in two states at once it's plus or minus let's
0: just forget this no
2: no just well enjoy the irony of the following okay Schrodinger was so furious at the idea that something could exist in two states at once that he made up his cat example of a a way of saying oh I suppose if I put a cat in a box it'd be dead or alive at the same time until we check and everyone went yes you'll have understood exactly very good (laughs) and they used his critique to teach the thing he hated Ah, I see. So he forged a weapon to try and of rhetoric to try and destroy this theory, and accidentally ended up explaining it really neatly to the whole world. Well, yeah. I'm imagining. You asked. Friends I did
1: ask. <laughs> You're I right. Think I you asked. explained it very well. I'm
0: sure you have. But, but listen, I can't tell you how not interested in it <laughs> That's a Very rude fact. Sorry. Oh, look, I love Pierre and many, many we things. All do. He explains lots of interesting things to me. But every now and again, yeah. even Homer nods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you, it, meanwhile, your mother-in-law, oh, yeah. totally ghosted me over this whole Lenny the Lion, Aunt May business. Yeah, has
0: she offered a further explanation? No, she
1: found a better song yeah. to sing. I, uh, I mean, what? She's what often been texting Obviously, Roman Lenny Kemper the
0: Lion. Council. I don't want to. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. But Lenny the Lion <laughs> couldn't dwell. Couldn't dwell with Aunt May on its on I don't his think
1: own. Push the current news agenda off. Frank go. Skinner bursts Lenny the
0: Lion bubble. Oh, speaking of the news agenda, mm. I got a, a call from the Daily Mail oh. saying uh, we'd like to talk to you about uh, your nephew's treatment at the British <laughs> Library. <laughs>
1: You joking?
0: (laughs) No, bullies. Yes, last when
1: last heard you. Last last week
0: I explained that my six-year-old nephew Elliot is um, somewhat obsessed with um, Samuel Pepys, the uh, seventeenth-century diarist. Yes, and what six-year-old isn't? Yeah, Mm. and. the merch is very thin on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, you can't get a Playmobil buryable cheese. When he went to the British uh, Library, um, it, it didn't go so well, basically. And um, I felt they'd treated him in a beastly fashion. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the bottom line is um, even though that was. They didn't act so great. Um, and uh, and also I also did a documentary which comes out on Tuesday about Alexander Pope and I said I'm doing a documentary about a, a bloke who was the most famous poet in England that's almost forgotten by non-poetry and academics and a disabled poet the British Library I'm sure will help me because there's loads of brilliant Pope stuff and they said no no, no you can't come and film that so um, I was a bit off with them mm. but if it's the Daily Mail versus the British Library, <laughs> I'm with the uh, the British Library. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. By, by the way, just to finally wrap this up, I did get a very nice email from the British Library saying that uh, it was very regretful mm. and that they would oh. uh, endeavour to remedy and to... Uh, Rekindle my uh, my nephew's enthusiasm. So that was. I like nice. regretful.
1: It's why our lawyers
0: are watching. They never mentioned my Pope and Swift documentary, but we're looking at that. Mm-hmm. That which is on Tuesday on Sky Arts at eight o'clock, by the way. Well, check it out. Do you
1: know what? I'm going to investigate your Pope because I'm hearing a lot of good things about your Coleridge mm. and your Wordsworth. For example, mm-hmm. we've had all sorts of people from the Eccles cake saying he just watched, I don't know if he's a he, but uh, they just watched the Wordsworth and Coleridge road trip on Sky Arts. Wonderful, inspired me to read their works and poetry in general.
0: Tremendous. We don't
1: normally do praise, but I make an exception for the poetry.
0: I think that's all right. Yeah. It's not like it's a big um, competitive commercial market.
1: (laughs) Dyke and Raid... (laughs) Best hour of TV I've seen in a long time.
0: Come on,
1: <laughs> better than Shane. Was that an hour, no, Shane? No, that Frank? wasn't.
0: Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> How long was Shane? I 8, 12, think for 15. most people, about three minutes.
1: Was it? I reckon it was twenty-two minutes plus eight minutes for ad break.
0: I, you know, I have no powers of invention. <laughs> Good night. Pure, pure truth teller. Mm. Okay. Frank, we were talking last week about tribute acts, do you recall? Mm. Well, uh, yes, um, I went to see... Uh, Baz and I and and um, and Kath went to see uh, the bootleg Beatles in Amsterdam. We were in Amsterdam, we didn't mm. fly, especially for the BBs. Yeah. No. But they were tremendous.
1: Uh, was it actually the week before last? Anyway, yes. Uh, we've heard from people with regards to this topic. Martin Hewitt... My parents, Frank, recently went to see a Tom Jones tribute act mm. followed by the same person doing a meatloaf tribute act in the second half. Wow. They thought he was brilliant. Oh, I, what do you think he did for the quick change? Because uh, I suppose you, you'd be safe to go with your black shirt. Swap, yeah, swap
0: wigs. The slightly frilly open <laughs> shirt. I saw, um, I saw Tom Jones live at the, um, the NEC. What was he like? Um, just before he came on, the light show kicked in and what they did was <laughs> all over the backdrop was uh, these Wel- red Welsh dragons started flashing on and off all around it. <laughs> And when he came out, it was lit in such a way, how can I put this on breakfast radio, that the, the lighting focused just below his belt buckle. Yes. Oh, lovely. And he came out, and I remember, there was a woman behind me who I would say was probably in her 60s, and she said a thing which I'd forgotten that women used to say as I was growing up, and she said, oh, I've come over all unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. It's such a great <laughs> All unnecessary. <laughs>
1: yeah. I love unnecessary.
0: <laughs> yes, there are very sweet euphemisms used in regards to Yes. Um so he still had it, Tom. It's bad but, yeah, I think this bit, this goes back to when I saw a guy who did Johnny Cash in the first half and Roy Orbison. Yes. I mean the two ranges, the, the yeah. widest ranges of the human voice.
1: Well, O Moon has been in touch. Oh yeah. To say I had to send this to you after your discussions on Saturday. Odd Stewart oh, yeah. already mm. exists. Oh, Alive and kicking in our hometown. We've been laughing... I should
0: say, we were talking about possible names for a Rod Stewart um, <laughs> Tributes. tribute act. Yeah. What yes. was mine? The uh, the Rod delusion.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, as O Moon says, uh, they've enclosed the picture and what they like is that it says Odd Stewart and then the date and it says and then ampersand and Andy Ellis on bass oh. and as O'Moon Moon points out we really enjoy the poster the leopard background of Odd Stewart but also the fact that he gives his bass player a shout out just the really, bass player yeah. no. it says and Andy Ellis on bass and you know what I like next to Andy Ellis's name Little Star
0: Oh, I wonder the story behind that. Yeah. Why does Why does, uh, Do why you know, does Ellis get the... Uh... Local people must looking and go, oh, I don't know if I... <laughs> Andy Ellis? <laughs> yeah, maybe. The
1: star. Can I just give you one extra detail, Frank? The timing of the Old Stewart gig, I love this. 4pm oh. till 7pm.
0: <laughs> That's very reasonable, Gosh, isn't it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> My kind of gig.
0: Oh, man, that sounds I'm great. In. No interval, I'm hoping. <laughs>
1: So, we've been talking about Odd Stewart. Yeah. seven. love it. And in addition to that, we have another tribute act sighting. Okay. This is from Ben Harrington. I once ended up in a club in Dudley.
0: When the, I know it well.
1: When the original club we'd intended to go into wouldn't let us in. We've all been there.
0: Yeah.
1: It happened to me. Next to I new flares in Birmingham.
0: Frank. What was it? Um, no Burberry.
1: <laughs> Very good. Nice Harrington. Do you know what that is? Burberry. Do you know what a Harrington jacket is?
0: Is it that sort of
2: beige one with a Burberry line? The James it's often jacket, Black with a plaid
0: uh, lining. Oh, yeah. But you can get. Um, did James Dean do the prin- red one? Prince of Wales check. He had a bit of a Harrington mm. vibe. He yeah, did. Uh, so at this club in
1: Dudley, they had an Elvis tribute act. Who would start off each line sounding just like the king hmm. and slowly wander into a thick black country accent? <laughs> it made suspicious minds seem somewhat comical. Now, yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, Hank, no. but I'm just thinking we've got someone here. We don't have to pay extra appearance fee. Hmm. He's from Birmingham. He knows the black country accent, and I believe he's a bit of an Elvis fan. How do you vaguely think that might have gone?
0: I'm thinking, uh, (laughs) we're caught in a trap. I can't walk out because I love you too much, bab. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, a bit like that. By the way, I saw the movie this week. Oh. At last. Remember I saw the trailer ages ago and the trailer was so terrible. I resolved I wouldn't see the movie. What did you think? Um, You know what? I loved it. And at the end, I What did you make of that? Sob- sob- I-, <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> sobbed at the end. It was too much for me. Yeah. I mean, Austin, is- he's something else. Just that Elvis doing on chain melody. Yeah. Oh, man too much. Mm.
1: How did you get along with Tom?
0: You see, Tom was really split there, but I liked Tom. I thought he was uh, splendid. Did I didn't have a problem with the accent or the uh, prosthetics. And, it, no, it um, wasn't I the was prosthetics. good with that.
1: It was more, I just didn't quite understand. When I, was thinking, when I signed Elvis, <laughs> <laughs> I remember.
0: It's just like Dracula. Well, well he was a <laughs> bit
1: Dracula. <laughs> well, it, was he?
0: Well, the colonel was Dutch, as far as we know. No passport, don't know of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Was it not a clue to Elvis when he panicked every time they mentioned international travel?
0: Well, exactly. I don't think Elvis ever worked that out. I don't know. But, mm. I mean, you know, there are things that are stretched and things that are shrunk in it. But, I'd, oh, man, I loved it.
1: Mm. Now, we've got
0: Ruth Jordan... Has
1: enclosed.
0: Where would we be without Ruth Jordan? Well, 8, twelve see.
1: fifteen. Not sure how Frank will feel about the overexcited pug bit of this preview of his poetry documentary. It's said with praise. The Guardian have said something wonderful about have it. Have they? Following the footsteps. Oh, of I course. don't read the whole thing out, but Frank Skinner. They call you passionate.
3: Hmm.
1: Hmm. About well, Cass said you were immaculate. That's all I know. Um, about brilliantly witty English Catholic Alexander Pope. Mm.
0: I thought that was going to be about me. That was <laughs> a disappointment. No, you're
1: passionate.
3: You really built it up
0: there. I'm yeah. passionate. I've I'm, I'm, sensed then that it's not as nice as Emily thought it, is, it was at I first. Just, and she's it is, I She's Listen, had to change it. I didn't want to read the entire thing out. I'm just keep me away from reviews. It's a lovely review. I didn't want to read the whole thing out. Oh, I know where it will be. be it's some, lovely. Some terrible dick. It's not a
1: dick. Get off me. Oh,
0: for God's sake.
2: Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Well, Hazel Morrison and Ruth Jordan I have to address because they've both sort of said, can we have Pierre Explains
0: as a weekly segment? And I have to... Well, well we sort of do. I, mean, I don't know how it happened, yeah. but we sort of do. Go well, on. Just try and stop it. Like.
2: I w- well, this is the thing. If someone asks me to explain something, I feel like a waiter where someone's just ordered a fal or a vindaloo. It okay. would be irresponsible of me not to ask... Are you sure? (laughs) Because a lot of people say that and then they
0: really don't enjoy what happened. No, well, it was a bit like shredding as cat. It (laughs) was tedious in the extreme.
1: Oh, uh (laughs) fuck. You've but that's his, the not his
2: atmosphere so awkward. But not uh, But until I explained Schrodinger's cat, it was both exciting and boring.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I happen to like the Schrodinger's cat story. Yeah. I didn't really, but I'm making him feel better, no, Frank. It,
0: but it's been great for me, because now I, I know that I must not investigate it. So yep. that saved me time. Yes, it's a form of warning. That's a lovely
1: yeah. thing to say. Listen, Nicola David has been in touch. Yeah. Read John Pertwee. I was once a chambermaid in a hotel. Don't worry. It's okay. fine. I had the dubious honour of cleaning JP's bath after he'd taken a bath, just having come straight from the set of Wurzel gummage.
0: Oh. Can you imagine? Bits of bits of
1: straw. Yeah. Maybe. She says it was a difficult... She says it was not a happy moment in my life having no. to clean that bath. I think she sounds like a JP fan, as we all are, but... No-one wants to clean up the old (laughs) gummage.
0: No. No, that's that's so true. It's a good um, new slang term for this. It is. The, the
2: ring g- around a bath. The
1: old gummage.
2: It's encrusted with gummage. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the
1: ring of gummage? Yes, the ring that's of gummage. That's doctor who happens to that. That would be
0: yes. a great uh, Johnny Cash uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> the ring of gummage. Uh, is that an origin uh, the story? The ring of <laughs> gummage. The <laughs> ring of gummage. And then the, at the end, there's like a sound of a... Plog being pulled and it going down the thing.
3: Aunt Sally.
0: And in the uh, on the Australian uh, release, it goes down the plug the other way. You can hear that because <laughs> it's the Southern Hemisphere.
1: Did it was? It, can I just check something about um, Gummidge? Was um, Aunt Sally his sort of partner? Was it? Was it life partner? It was. Um, it was. A a, relative.
0: It was uh, friend. a friendship, but was it with, a special friend? It, well, I thought there was a. He, I think he kind of loved Aunt Sally, but she was a sort of a... Oh, was she a bit snooty? I think she saw him as, you know, a bit silly and you know how how, uh, women are more mature than men generally? (laughs) Yeah, and it was a bit like that. And also of course she'd taken several severe blows in her job as a fairground Aunt Sally where people just threw wooden balls and things at her. But it was a great great programme and of course he was buried with a... um, with a Wurzel Gommage souvenir rather than a Doctor Who souvenir, I remember saying that. Really? Very. Someone, I got. Um, I got interviewed this week, and they said, "How do you feel about the 14th anniversary of your radio show?" And I said, "When is it?" And they said, "Next week." Um, oh. Did you know that? Well, Produ- this week? Producers we? looking a bit embarrassed. <laughs> Um, yeah, apparently that's what she said. Hmm. And very early on, it's I what, talked about the fact that John, per- John we chose a Wurzel Gomid souvenir rather than Doctor Who. And then we had a, a text in of, What would you like to be buried with? <laughs> Popular. Yeah. And one that sticks in my mind is a bloke who said, I'd like to be buried in medieval armour just to confuse historians. <laughs> <laughs> das ist Alice. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out.